Hello, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Peter Doherty. I'm a Catholic priest and a psychologist who integrates both psychology and scripture studies to further understand the Gospels. Today we are focusing on Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 46. This Gospel will be read in Catholic churches on November 26, 2023. Matthew's Gospel is a challenge, as there are several layers of meaning we can uncover. There are two specific issues I want to draw your attention to. The first part of this Gospel, Jesus describes the Day of Judgment, where everyone will be put into two camps. Jesus uses the metaphor of sheep and goats that would be very familiar to the people. In the book of Leviticus, we learn that it was a custom to have a designated goat be cast into the desert to carry away the sins of the community. The goat was called a scapegoat, so hence the term in our culture where someone takes up blame for the mistakes of the group. So the goats and those who are considered evil are sent away, and while the good people, the sheep, are called to inherit the kingdom of God. The message is clear. Good people will be rewarded and bad people will be punished. I struggle with this concept, as few people are totally good or totally bad. In reality, most good people have areas in their life that they would just as soon keep hidden. Maybe there was an unhealed wound or immaturities that interfere with their ability to be good. I've also noted that even so-called bad people have redeeming qualities about them that you may not, under, may not accept, but understand where they come from. These same people are often wounded or have lacked opportunities to grow. I appreciate the quote from Richard Rohr, who wrote, Those who do not transform their pain are bound to transmit it. I also like the quote of a friend of mine uh, who likes to remind me that the saying, The shinier the halo, the stinkier the feet. It's risky to think of people as all good or all bad. So I struggle with this passage. We have many examples of Jesus speaking to the poor and encouraging them. But we also have examples of Jesus speaking to the hated Roman centurion and curing his servant. We find this in Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. Remember the tax collectors? Remember Zacchaeus? Luke chapter 19, verse 5. Or what about the Pharisees? Remember Nicodemus? Where in John 3, uh, verse 1 to 36, has a conversation with Nicodemus and brings about a conversion. Mary Magdalene, Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. Jesus clearly saw good in them, and in almost all cases, we learn that their lives were completely turned around after an encounter with Jesus. There does not seem to be much evidence to support the belief that someone is all bad or all good. We also have examples of Jesus reprimanding the good person for the times they fail to be good. Going back to the story of Mary Magdalene, who washed the feet of Jesus with expensive bottle of perfume and dried his feet with her hair, Jesus is quite critical of his host, who criticized Jesus for letting her touch him. Let me quote from chapter 7 of Luke, verse 44 to 47b. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I came into your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss of greeting, but she has been kissing my feet since I came in. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. I tell you that her many sins are forgiven. 
so she has shown great love. Despite her so-called sinful nature, she is able to show great love. I can give you more examples. How many times did Jesus have to correct Peter, the same Peter who was first called, who, when he was first called, sorry, who said, leave me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Yet Peter would go on to be a saint and the first leader of the Christian church. The description of the all good and all bad types of people does not seem to fit into my experience. And maybe this story seems to be an outlier. Let's put it on the back burner and take a look at the rest of the gospel, and we'll come back to this. Jesus goes on to describe the behaviors of the good people, from feeding the hungry, providing water for the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, providing clothes for the naked, and caring for the ill and visiting those in, pr in prison. What is especially noteworthy here is Jesus is being revolutionary. He describes good works as beyond charity or even social justice. These acts are not just looking after those in need, but actions for God himself. These actions of caring take on a whole new perspective and become personal. Jesus is very specific. When we reach out to those in need, we are actually reaching out to our God. In this gospel, Jesus makes it very clear of the intimacy between himself and his people. I thought this part of the gospel should be part of the gospel where Jesus is asked by a lawyer, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers, you love your Lord your God with all your heart, etc. And the second part, Jesus answers, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Many of us have wondered, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves? It's clear in this gospel, we hear just how we can love our neighbor and why it is so important. It's important to recognize that we don't have to go to the third world or do anything extraordinary. Mother Teresa said it well, do ordinary things with extraordinary love. It's often the little things in life that make a difference. The first step in living out this gospel is believing that compassion has a central role in our faith life. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that being compassionate to others is being compassionate to Jesus himself. Striving for compassion in our actions is a big part of living this gospel. Making a special effort to reach out to those who are disadvantaged can be another part. Do you know the names of the people who clean your office or house? Do you express your gratitude for those who pack your groceries? In times of disagreement, can you make the extra effort to listen to the other side and try to understand their point of view? Additional examples are dealing with people from different cultures or educational levels and dealing with them with compassion cutting someone some slack when they've messed up, being aware of the needs of your local community, and especially what are the resources available to meet those needs, is part of our faith response. It may be difficult to be compassionate to people who have hurt us and are in need of our forgiveness. I propose that we may need to forgive them for our own spiritual and mental health. I wrote a book with my co-author, Patty Ann Kay on forgiveness, breaking free and moving on. We will be hearing more about forgiveness in future podcasts. We cannot respond to all the needs around us. Jesus faced the same reality. Not all lepers were cured in the time that Jesus walked in Israel. There'll be times when we will have to say no. 
But no should not be our default position. There will be people who will need to change their life, and they may be in need of tough love. Just don't be too quick with the no. Sometimes giving, giving them the benefit of the doubt is a good strategy. There are people who take advantage of, of your compassion, and you cannot let the times when your trust will be violated by those you try to help lead you to become bitter or unwilling to be compassionate. I wonder if Jesus recognized people in the crowd he had cured or fed, and now were asking for his execution. I've come to realize that one of the heartaches of being compassionate is that you will experience betrayal and respect from those you tried to help. Don't give those individuals the power to neutralize your compassionate nature. Make a commitment to be compassionate regardless of what other people think or do. Don't let your behavior be a response or reflection of others' bad behavior. And yes, going back to it, sometimes we will have to say no to situations where we feel we're being defrauded. But let us be, let us take the time that we need to reflect and to make a, a proper decision. The second part of this gospel helps clarify the first part. The first part of the gospel is less about judgment, but making it clear what good what being good is. It may sound extreme, but remember that Jesus often said dramatic statements to make his point. Jesus is very clear about how we are to treat people in need and how helping them is an integral part of being a Christian. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time you've heard of my podcast and are interested in hearing more, I urge you to, to listen to the previous editions and especially my first podcast where I outline my approach. Also, you can reach me by email at peter.dohertyomi at gmail.com. So that's peter.dohertyomi at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, or how I can make this podcast more effective, please let me know. I appreciate the feedback. Take care, and God bless.